It's fired up. Get your orange on. Homecoming Friday in Oklahoma State has been playing so ruthless over the last few weeks, including in practice, that it definitely has them more than ready. You are Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you kindly for stopping by to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. We're available on all of your podcasting platforms, visually as well on YouTube. Find me personally on Twitter at Aldeo State. Today, partially brought to you by Game Time. Last minute, doesn't need to be concerned anymore. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. So this homecoming has had its own buildup internally, naturally. But sometimes you see players that do a lot of crazy stuff that don't exactly get enough credit, right? They, they don't get um, all of the love in the world. And one of those players that you're seeing this year on special teams doing this regularly, right? Ready, ruthless, regular, is Parker Robertson. Parker Robertson also got the fumble that kind of that turned the game around for Oklahoma State versus West Virginia. He's involved on all of the plays. Guys, you remember um, some years back, Devin Harper. He was a backup linebacker, but the dude was always showing up on special teams. So you just kind of felt like if he ever got his feet underneath him, he would probably be in a very good position. Parker Robertson is the same. So Parker Robertson is a safety out of the state of Texas, the Dallas area. And I saw an interview with his coach and he talked about obviously how intelligent Parker Robertson is and being a first team, all big 12 academia guy. That makes perfect sense. But he was talking about, you know, Parker would play safety, but he was like the captain of everything. He was the captain of getting everybody squared away and ready to rock and roll on defense. He knew all of the coverage coverages. He diagnosed film so much on the opponents. He knew what the formations were going to equal based off of route concepts and everything. And he was able to pass that off to his guys, which had them at a 10 and one record. And he didn't really get recruited because he was super undersized. Now, 5'10", 180 pounds, 5'11", 180 pounds, isn't exactly setting the world on fire. But when you're 5'9", 5'10", 150, 160 pounds, it's really hard to get looks. And then by the time he kind of started blowing up a little bit his junior year, going into his senior year, he got some Division II stuff, but he knew he was good enough to play at this level. And that's the beauty of Oklahoma State's PWO program. Everybody has a PWO program, right? I get that. But not everybody has PWO programs that produce guys that end up being instrumental to the success on the field. So Parker Robertson also played wide receiver. He led the team with over 500 yards receiving, right? He had over 50 tackles. He had multiple um, you know, sacks, interceptions, things of that nature in, in categorically speaking. But the versatility to also play basketball and also run track and then have this ruthless mindset of I'm going to make it. I'm going to get in there. I'm going to make some stuff happen. 
and you're seeing this dude fly around all over on film, redshirt sophomore. He's going to be able to develop a little bit more, get a little bit bigger. And let's face it, 5'11", 180 now, that's not all that bad for safety. I mean, granted, yes, you would love your safeties to all be 190, 200 pounds. That would be great and still run 4440s. But, you know, there's, there's film of, of Parker Robertson just absolutely dusting guys in high school. And this is the state of Texas and the Dallas area against legitimate competition, including Deion Sanders when he was at, at Trinity. So not only is Parker Robertson part of the special teams unit that PFF has us graded number three in America, and we've had a lot of block kicks. Thank you very much, Mike Gundy. We've had a lot more success. In, in setting up some of the blocks on the returns. I mean, we're not killing it by any stretch of the imagination, but we're not letting things get willy-nilly and crazy. And then obviously from the other side of the ball, from the like the defensive mindset that the special teams has, that fumble really gave Oklahoma State the ability to kind of turn the tide against West Virginia and get Ollie Gordon going. The ruthlessness in which we've been practicing, right? We, we pride ourselves on the physicality or keeping guys safe, right? Out of harm's way, as opposed to doing full on tackling all day, every day. We've had to pick it up a notch because the first part of the season, first few games, we couldn't tackle to save our daggone lives. And you're not going to get better at tackling by not tackling. So we've been a lot more aggressive and you're seeing that on the field. But with that physicality, with that ruthlessness, does does have some injuries. It's just it's part of the gig, right? You gotta you gotta weigh the options. But clearly, it's better to go full tilt twenty four seven and go for broke and play mean, nasty, legal football. The injury thing. It is it's gonna happen, but it's a lot better that we go full tilt and end up having some injuries here and there than having a completely healthy team that can't block anybody nor can't tackle anybody. So it's also a mindset, right? It's also a mentality. You have to have the right mindset to go do this stuff. As Gundy and, and others have talked about recently, some of the guys like Xavier Benson, uh, like Parker Robertson, Nick Martin, Justin Wright, They've all sold their bodies out for the betterment of the play. And Xavier Benson is the biggest cog in that machine. But what makes people like Dylan Smith and Park Robinson crucial to Oklahoma State is because they provide the depth and the scout team necessary to get everybody prepared. You sometimes can be right on the fringe of being able to start, but you can be such a bad mamma jamma on scout team that you actually get your teammates more prepared than most everybody else. Oklahoma State has that. Once again, this is not a talent gap. This is not a deficiency. This is just a, a mental makeup. And we decided as a team that we were just going to say, screw it. And we were going to go hard in the daggone paint. So, a couple injuries, not fun. But the ruthlessness that has allowed us to kind of jump to a new level, stopping the run and running the ball, it has us ready. 
if we can continue this trend of being ruthless and then having to rely on some of the backups that you don't want to, but sometimes you just have to. The next guy up mentality. It's got to mean something. Speaking of meaning something, ladies and gentlemen, I do have to remind you today that, um, you know, bars are cool. Hangovers are not. Athletic Brewing Company is the only thing around that gives you full-flavored style beers without all the craziness, without all the hangovers. You could go to tackling practice. You could be at tackling practice. You could be the guy that does the tackling. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because Athletic Brewing is the non-alcoholic beer that actually tastes good. And it's, ironically, good for you. So make sure that you go get in the game because it's the right fit for all times. Go to athleticbrewing.com. Use the code LOCKEDON for 15% off your first order. Again, that is athleticbrewing.com. Make sure you go there now. Get that 10% off your athletic brewing. Whether you're hungover or not, you're going to need tickets. You're going to need tickets to homecoming. You're going to need tickets to Bedlam, which are not easy to come by. But game time is the app that you need to get with right now. You shouldn't have to worry about buying tickets, right? They have uh, easy, easy to find tickets for sports, comedy, theater, all that fun stuff near you. They got killer last minute deals, all in prices. You get to view your seat and best price guaranteed. It takes the guesswork out of buying tickets, y'all. You can see the view before you buy it. And then it takes two seconds. Bada boom, bada bing, bada bang, you're done. They have deals literally right up to the start of the event, even an hour after the event started. Download the GameTime app today, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONCALLED for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create that account and redeem the code LOCKEDONCALLED, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-C-O-L-L-E-G-E, for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Getting the W against Cincinnati. Is not guaranteed. But as we had already discussed, the defensive line is a problem. But our offensive line might be the solution to one of the biggest problems for everybody in the Big 12 this year, and that is Cincinnati's defensive line. The back end is susceptible. So to me, number one key is get the aerial assault started. It's going to be pretty cold, it's going to be pretty miserable. They're going to be putting seven, eight men in the box here and there to try to stop the run. Our offensive linemen are going to try to prove a point, right, and just uh, you know take them, take them behind the woodshed. But there is gaps in the secondary, and it's the same thing when other people look at Oklahoma State, right? The co common consensus has got to be hard to run on, pretty easy to pass on. This is the same thing. This is the same thing that we're looking at. Cincinnati's pass defense, their, their back end of the secondary, is not that good. Guys, Parker Robertson would start at Cincinnati. I'm not throwing shade. I'm just saying that Cincinnati has some dudes. We talked about the, the All-American, All-Conference type guys yesterday that you've got to shut down. But my number one key is I just want to get the passing game established and developed. I don't care if it's quick screens, tunnel screens, slants, just – Get it rocking and rolling because you got to do that to kind of soften up the belly of the inside so we can, in fact, run the ball. Now, don't get me wrong. If we end up running the ball in their face with eight in the box, then this is a legitimate Big 12 title conversation that we need to start having, right? 
if we control this defensive line like it's nobody's business, then nobody's going to be able to compete with that. It's just, it makes sense that Oklahoma State is the, the best key for all the Big 12, really, to screw up a Red River Big 12 title game. So there's a lot of people out there in Big 12 country that don't want to see that crap fest of a Red River title that are now slowly turning into Oklahoma State fans as you should. All right, key to victory number one, obviously get the get the uh, the receiver game rocking and rolling here. Number two for me, it's got to be tackles for loss. It's got to be things that we do in the backfield because Emory Jones is mobile. Corey Kiner is a pretty daggone good running back. They've got a fairly veteran-led offensive line that is pretty decent, especially, again, at the, the outside zone blocking scheme. They've been talking about recently that they haven't perfected it, but they do feel like they actually get it now. It makes sense. They know where to cut back. They know what to look for. And they're seeing some of the same stuff in practice. So it, it leads me to believe that if we can be equally as ruthless as we have been the last few weeks, and we can create absolute havoc in the backfield, that's that's monumental. So the tackles for loss has got to be the next, next thing for me, it, whether it comes from the defensive line or the defensive line just doing their job, shutting down the gaps and letting the linebackers and safeties come through the hole for those, those sacks and tackles for loss. Obviously, that uh, that's ideal. And to me, the biggest key, the biggest key to victory in this game is third down defense. Why? Because we're terrible at it. Fourth down defense, pretty great. But you don't want to be giving people fourth, fourth down uh, opportunities over and over and over to go for it. Anyways, our third down percentage on defense is so bad that it should typically be caused for concern. I'm not overly concerned because we accomplished what we needed to accomplish the last two weeks, which was shut down the run, right? If you have an objective and you maximize everything you wanted to do to kill that objective where it stands, then, then, then you're, you're good to go. And the objective was to stop the run, and we did. I don't see this being entirely different, primarily because of the weather. And Emory Jones is a pretty good athlete. He's a pretty good football player, but he's not the greatest quote unquote quarterback in the world. He's not going to be standing back there dropping dimes. He will buy time. And everybody knows in a scramble drill, the wide receiver always, 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 always has the advantage because one, he's not running a route anymore, right? So the cornerbacks anticipating different route concepts based off of your formation and what you've been running and what they studied on film. It makes it a little bit more uh, of a difficult situation whenever you, you put all that together. But this third down defense, guys, uh, we just we, we got to be better. We're great on first down. We're great on fourth down. Third down is, is an Achilles heel, right? So if we do those things, wide receivers get involved early and often, and we're about to get to why that's going to be pretty, pretty important, um, yeah, get some tackles for loss. We got to create some havoc in the backfield. If Emory Jones is going to beat us, we need to make sure that it's insanely difficult on him to do so. Same with Corey Kiner. And then third down defense. That's one of the biggest things that I think we, we all should pay attention to 
is because it, if you keep giving people all this leverage on third down, it expands their playbook. It gives them more options. And it also gives them more ability to give you some extra eye candy to try to set plays up for later. So I, I really, I have a hard time understanding, and, and maybe somebody out here can help me uh, fire away on this one, how our third down defense is as inept as it, as it appears. Because we've heard it from several other Big 12 coaches already this season. We likely have the most athletic back seven in the Big 12, including OU, including Texas. But how are they so good in big moments, but they struggle so much on third down? I know that's an emphasis. I know it has been for a little while. The veteran leadership of guys like Xavier Benson are going to be absolutely instrumental in to whatever we're looking at on third down and getting it diagnosed and fixed live in real time. This is Xavier's gig, right? And he's been very, very good at it on every down but third. Maybe it's just a miscommunication thing. Maybe it's a lack of containment type of type of scenario. Whatever it is, got to get it fixed. We cannot continue this third down atrocities because everything else is actually looking pretty decent. We just get bogged down in what that what that looks like instead of all of the good. So before we jump in to the wide receiver scenario, I think uh, another thing we'd be remiss to not at least kind of talk about is Jaden Nixon. All these playing so phenomenal. I understand him not getting a crud ton of carries, but maybe in the receiving game, maybe that's part of the receiving game that we get kind of started off with, whether it be wheel route or we just kind of leak him out with by design. I mean, the West Virginia game, Alan Bowman was taking the underneath stuff a lot, and a decent amount of it was to Ollie Gordon. I really don't think that the game plan was just give it to Ollie Gordon almost every time you have the ball, but they were given that zone available, and Ollie Gordon was obviously making people miss once he got the ball. He was making them pay for their mistakes in coverage. I would love to see Jaden Nixon get a little bit more in this one, whether it be out of the backfield, turn game, Wide receiver, don't care. He's just too good not to be doing more, right? I, I think we could probably all agree with that. Another thing we could probably all agree with is it's fun to make money, right? Uh, <laughs> prize picks is the coolest, funnest way right now to mess with any type of fantasy daily sports, point blank period. You don't have to do all the, the, the over uh, stuff your traditional betting, you just pick two to six players, more than or less than their projection of stats, and you win, right? It's the most fun you could physically possibly have because you get to follow the players instead of just look at all the, the you know, the statistical side of things. It's super simple to play. You can make picks and submit an entry in less than 60 seconds. They got quick withdrawals, an easy uh, gameplay with a normal selection of players and stats that are going to help you guide yourself into this number one daily fantasy sports app, which is Prize Picks. You know the drill. 
You combine some O-State players in college, some O-State players in the NFL, bada boom, bada bing, you mix and match, grab two of them, grab four of them, grab six of them. You can grab them from different sports too. If you wanted to throw Christian Encarnacion Strand in there somewhere, you could probably do that. Prospects has a reboot policy for your entries. And even, even if your players get injured, NFL games or top 25 matchups, if they have the ability to be rebooted, PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform that can even do that. So go to prizepix.com slash college. Use that code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a first deposit match up to $100. Once again, you got to do the prizepix.com slash college. To be the best, you got to beat the best. To beat the best, you got to have the dollar, dollar bills to do it. So go get your, go get your dollars on, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so before we close up shop here, I do want to talk about why I do think this is going to be a big day for wide receivers, and it's not necessarily from a production standpoint. Today, we're talking about the fact that this is one of those games that, yes, we do have some injuries, especially at that position, so we're going to be relying on some guys that we haven't had to be relying on all year. But these dudes have been getting better, right? The dudes who hasn't, haven't necessarily been playing, the wide receiver room is pretty loaded. But the biggest thing to me, it's not about the, the catches or the red zone. I, I want to see all that for sure. But it's the same thing if you look at Josiah Johnson. At the beginning of the year, the dude couldn't block to save his life. Now, he's actually getting pretty doubtful good at it. I mean, who who knew that Jason McIndoo could teach somebody how to block? Yes, I'm being sarcastic. We all knew that. But these wide receivers on the outside, for Ollie Gordon to have some big, big chunk plays, they've got to lock dudes down. So the guys that have been working in the background are likely the ones that are physically even more so ready to take on this challenge. Doesn't matter if you get catches, guys. Just dominate. Dominate somebody every play. Be dominant. Be ruthless. And make sure you're ready. I know most of you are. And I'm excited to see how this, this thing kind of takes shape. But let's not lose sight that we got a Heisman guy. That everybody from here on out is going to do everything they can to try to stop. It is our job to put them in, put him in positions to be more successful. Part of that is with the blocking of the wide receivers downfield. It has been good. Guys, Blaine Green, former tight end, beast mode. Rashad Owens, former tight end, beast mode. These are dudes that can block it up all day, every day. And then we got somebody like our main man, Leon Johnson III. He's a big body dude. It's been working on his strength, and it's improved dramatically. So if he gets the opportunity to get out in the game – I really, I want to see him just dominate the dude in front of him. That's it. That's how we've got to where we are now over the last few weeks. It's just, it's, it's a shift of mentality. It's a shift of we're just going to, you know, pull the bootstraps up and get this thing done one way or another. So the buy-in in and of itself, it allows dudes to do a little bit more, to play just a little bit harder. I mean, we talked about it. If you're an offensive lineman, you know you got a Heisman-level dude behind you, 
that always has your back, you're going to block a couple seconds more. You're going to drive a couple inches further. You're going to get your hands a couple inches more inside so you can get ticky tacky. Guys, I'm, I'm so excited. Because if you look at somebody like a Parker Robertson, it gives you hope that the body by glass system is still the best in the country. We should see that on display tomorrow because we're going to have to. The injury bug has started to kind of bite us a little bit. Nothing super, super major, I would say, as far as numerically is concerned, but it is what it is. So now it's up to the other dudes. And with the homecoming, with the environment, it sets us up. Sets us up pretty, pretty daggone good. All right. So let's go over the picks real quick before we skedaddle on out of here. Um, let's see. OUKU. Hmm. I really don't know. My gut says go KU. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to do it with, with Jalen Daniels for sure, but no. Don't know if he's uh, available again. It's just, it's a lot of back and forth type stuff. Uh, Houston at K-State. I think Houston's, you know, better than the record indicates, but they shoot themselves in the foot quite a bit. So give me K-State because they don't typically shoot themselves in the foot all that often. West Virginia at UCF. Give me the Mountaineers, not only because they need it, but because I do think that UCF isn't in the greatest position moving forward. I don't think Gus Malzahn is the guy. I just, uh, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't see it. You can't keep losing games the same way for years. Right? The over-conservative, you know, being under-conservative, too many field goals, you know, whatever. Not managing your timeouts. That's UCF all day, every day. That is what they're doing. And that's how they're losing games. So they might be doing good in recruiting, but they're not going to keep all those recruits if they don't think they can come there and win. Uh, Tulsa SMU. Give me Tulsa. Uh-huh. Yeah. Georgia, Florida. I'll take Georgia. BYU at Texas. If this was in Provo, I might mess around with the money line on BYU, but it's not. It's in Austin. The 40 Acres survives again. Give me Texas. Oregon, Utah. Mm. Oregon's riding high. Oregon's the better team. Utah's backup quarterback. Utah does have some situations they're dealing with. I want to pick our future fellow Big 12 brethren here. Um, yeah, I'll play it safe. Give me Oregon. Very reluctantly, obviously. Duke at Louisville. I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm a firm believer in Louisville yet. Oh, I guess I'm about to find out. But uh, until then. I don't know if that Duke quarterback's healthy. Ah, give me the Dukies anyways. Um, Iowa State at Baylor. Let's go, Cyclones. You got this, baby. Do your thing. What else we got? Washington, Stanford. That's not a game. Washington, Air Force, Colorado State. That might be actually a pretty decent game, but give me Air Force. Let's stay undefeated up, uh, up around these parts here. Oh, wait. I'm in Stillwater. <laughs> up in the old parts. Tennessee, Kentucky. I think Tennessee's in, in, in a, a mood where, where they're looking to rebound. So I guess I'll take Tennessee there. 
Colorado, UCLA. Give me Colorado, baby. Washington State, Arizona State, Washington State. Oregon State at Arizona. Ooh, that's a good one. Hmm. Arizona's pretty good. And it's in Arizona. Ah, it's in Texan. It's in Texan, Arizona. You know what? I love me some upsets. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take Arizona. I think that's all we've got for this one right here, ladies and gentlemen. So happy to be here in store at home in God's country with this beautiful campus. All right, y'all. I reckon that's all I have for this one. I'm gonna go actually go get on campus and um yeah, take it, take a gander at everything here before the walk around and the parade and everything tomorrow. All right, y'all. You know I love you. God bless. Go pokes. And until tomorrow, thank you for tuning in to make this your first listen. Here on Locked On Oklahoma State. You could be anywhere. So happy you choose to be here. Hit the like, comment, share, subscribe, and uh, go leave a review. All right, y'all. Later, Tater.